Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I got the second dose of the Pfizer yesterday. I don't feel great. Wait um, a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And do not slander Team Pfizer. <laughs> How many fingers? Uh, two now, but I'm not sure I would have been able to tell you that earlier this morning when my hands were shaking so bad I couldn't pour my uh, my coffee. Uh, I don't know if you, what you call that, the shakes, chills, something like that. I feel like I've got a really bad hangover, which mm. I've worked with a bad hangover about a thousand times, so... No biggie. Oh, and I had another one of those I'm too old to make jokes moments. I've just got to realize this <laughs> for younger people. Was it uh, like person to person with a younger person? Yeah, I just walked out in the newsroom and I said to somebody, man, I got my second shot yesterday and I feel rough. And she said, well, why are you here? I said, why am I here? Because I care about this company. Boy, I'm going to tell the boss what you said. And she looked <laughs> at me like, funny. oh, my That's God. That's very funny. It's funny if I'm 45. <laughs> but apparently it's not funny at this age. She just looked at me like he's a crazy old person and he's going to tell the boss and now I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, I can't. No. I can't you, you, you don't get to make jokes to young people past a certain age. I've realized that. You're an authority figure. I guess. Or something. She's worried that I'm nuts or... Dementia or afraid I'm going to get lost. <laughs> young people do not get jokes, I'm no, telling you. I think young people get jokes if you're also kind of young. But yeah. past a certain age, like Joe said, you, you're just an authority figure. Authority figures don't joke around, especially things like that. And uh, it's just weird and off-putting. Are you serious or not? They can't tell. Yeah. When I was younger, I made exactly the same sorts of jokes, and people would all throw their heads back, mouths open, teeth showing. But uh, those days are over, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, you know, speaking of getting older, I'm just I'm sitting here rubbing my forearm. My wrist is killing me. And my doctor, he prescribed this uh, topical cream that's really good for the condition I have, and it's great. It's a leap forward because it's not a powerful drug that ruins your liver. And I was all excited about it. Um, but then I, I started reading the instructions, and it says, "Do not expose that area to sunlight." And you know, it's my wrist. And do not use sunscreen. And do not use bug spray. Do not put any product on that area. Other than the drug, and so I don't, what am I supposed to do? Go down to the fundamentalist store and get a burka or something? I, I I can't. It's just not practical. You know, if it was my hind end or something, I could see it. But luckily, my hind end is fine. You can't you hide your wrist. You know, it's pretty temperate uh, where we live most of the year. But the summer is like Sean's air fryer, and so you, you know you're going <laughs> to be outdoors and uncovered. Anyway, boo hoo. Uh, so interesting. A couple of school notes. Uh, to to talk about. First of all... Are you talking about this headline from TMZ? Pro <laughs> golfer hits long drives into speeding car. Epic shirtless celebration. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do that story later. There's a lot there. <laughs> there is a lot there. Wow, I had not anticipated people's shirts coming off. Uh, so there is a, a course... Uh, hmm, there is a case headed for the Supreme Court, a major First Amendment free speech uh, case having to do with... The nation's 50 million public school students. Have you heard about this, the pissed off cheerleader case? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this little gal, she uh, was told, no, you're back on the junior varsity squad. It's a good, it's a good question, too. I'm glad the Supreme Court is looking at it. Yeah, I do, too. And I have a pretty strong feeling which way it's going to go, but. Oh, you do? Uh, I do. But uh, the facts are essentially, uh, this, this little gal. She's got spirit. Yes, she does. That's one of the facts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this little gal got uh, booted off the, uh, or, or not promoted to the varsity uh, cheerleading team. Not promoted. Not promoted. Not 
promoted. <laughs> and and she went online and uh, and and blasted away saying, uh, "Where is it? Uh, essentially, <laughs> f f cheerleading, f school, f the Golden Bears, <laughs> her uh, the mascot, and blah blah blah. I'm so mad, blah blah blah." Well, one person took a screenshot, showed it to another, who happened to be the daughter, one of the cheerleading coaches, uh, went up the chain to the assistant principal, then the principal himself. Well, now that you've got cheerleading moms involved, things can get ugly. Things start ugly when cheerleading moms are involved. Uh, They start very pretty, but very ugly. Uh, The coaches said uh, that the young lady's uh, snap and Snapchat violated the team rules she had agreed to, including showing respect, avoiding foul language, inappropriate gestures, blah, blah, blah. Um, And the uh, parents appealed to the athletic director, the principal, the superintendent, school board, saying it was off campus. It was not directed to the school in any way. It was just a girl expressing herself to her friends, and it was pure speech. There was no actions advocated. There were no actions taken. It was just a teenager's temper tantrum. And she's uh, had to, you know, she's punished in various ways, and so the Supreme Court's going to take a look at it. And you think they'll rule what? I think they'll say she's allowed to get pissed off and say things she later regrets. She's a child. I think so, too, and I understand why they have to say that, but it does make things kind of unworkable. I mean, so if if everybody catches on that you can just blast any teacher, anything about your school, anything on your, uh, you know, on your social media that everybody's looking at, <laughs> at, at some point, do you end up with, you know, it's like those things where a kid wears a uh, an American flag shirt to school and the teacher says you got to take it off and then there becomes a big push and pull over free speech and rights and all sure. that sort of stuff and the and the school's argument is look it's just it's disrupting the classroom we can't teach because everybody's all worked up about this you know i understand your point of free speech and everything but, but we can't teach because of this and i i wonder if you end up with that in some schools where it's look it's just all the kids are doing is saying mean things about each other on facebook and the right. teachers and saying right. all these things and that's the only thing anybody talks about. That is not a non-issue. I've uh, been privileged to be friends with some really terrific educators through the years, and the whole keeping order in school thing is getting hard. Mm. And so I do have sympathy for them. But the problem is, uh, if if the if the standard is if it causes uproar and distraction, it can't be done. That empowers the heckler's veto. Oh sure. I if get, I say I get the something, legal argument, sure. Well, yeah, and I had a feeling you did, but um, if uh, if I say something perfectly reasonable, for instance, and the woke crowd starts screaming it's racist, even though it's not racist, and that causes you know divisions and, and anger and fistfights or God knows what else in school, then the school can sanction me for sa- having said something perfectly reasonable, and that's uh, that's not good. It better the animated contest of freedom. Than something other servitude, but you know? so now the star Freedom quarterback, the star quarterback, can tweet out knowing that everybody's going to see it because you know how clicky high school is. Sure, um, uh, the star quarterback can say the coach sucks. We would have won if he'd have put me in in the fourth quarter. He just sucks, and the whole team is seeing it and talking about it and responding to the coach. Uh, you know this, the way you would because the cool popular guy said the coach sucks out loud, and I just I, okay. The I'm reality asking, of it is going to be ugly. I'm asking you for your opinion here. Um, she. I agree. The coach sucks. Yeah, <laughs> man, did I have some sucky coaches? If he'd put me in in the fourth, I could throw a football over that mountain. 
<laughs> All right, Uncle Rico, settle down. Um, so she said, love how me and another girl got told we need a year of JV before we make varsity, varsity but that doesn't matter. Uh, middle finger, F school, F cheerleading, blah, blah, blah. She did not call out anybody by name or slander them. Does that matter? Surely, how could you? How could you say you're not allowed to say the coach sucks? Uh, you you could absolutely boot them off the team for saying that. I think you can't have open insubordination of coaches on a sports team, or just it wouldn't hold together. It's not open insubordination. It's over in the world of free speech. They didn't say it in the no, I just, I think, of the locker room. I think you're, I think you're missing the distinction that I'm trying to throw out there. You know, uh, I, I I didn't make the varsity baseball team. I hate baseball. I hate Westmont High School, where I happen to go. Um, I, I, I hate life. I just want to, to cry. Is different than saying, Coach Jones sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well if, if it goes the way I think it might go, uh, in reality, you, uh, you'll have even more than before, like, teachers and coaches scared of the popular kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, if she was going to testify, go before the Supreme Court, and say it is so totally unfair. It is so a popularity contest. <laughs> Do you remember? Did this happen in your school? And I assume it did everywhere. But I was always amazed that there were grown humans, teachers, you know, and they seemed really old to me, but a lot of them were probably thirty. Um, but they clearly got a kick out of. The popular people liking them. I mean, you could see, like, if they made a joke and the popular dude or chick or whatever thought they were funny or cool or whatever, yeah. they got something out of it. And I always thought, that is so sad. <laughs> that you're still trying to play to the popular kid in high school as a teacher for some sort of ego boost. That's weird. Intra- wow, you, you're really uh, psychoanalyzing people. How about this? Uh, they're popular because they're charming, and uh, the teacher likes them, too. Yeah. Somebody they like, like their joke. Not all of the popular people were charming. <laughs> and it's pretty clear to everyone. I think you need to lie down on the couch. Sean, take over here. I think if the super popular athlete dude who's like getting a D in the class is screwing around and getting poor <laughs> grades, yeah, there's hardly okay. any reason for the teacher to want to encourage that behavior but unless they think it makes them cool. Now I'm tracking with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is pathetic. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, especially the girls, oh. I noticed, especially girls like your 30 year old social studies teacher. Man, if he got a titter out of the hot cheerleader chicks, oh, he clearly was very pleased with that. <laughs> oh, come on now. You can't but, fault the guy, no, can I you? Can't, I can't. Come I'm on just, now. Come on, I'm making hot chicks laugh. I just thought what an interesting dynamic. I'm not dating him. I'm just keeping my game sharp. <laughs> Guess I ever need to. I still got it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's the Matthew McConaughey line? I bet I can throw a football over the mountains. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Rico. <laughs> oh, From Napoleon Dynamite. For those not Coach familiar. In fourth quarter, we'd have been state champions, no doubt. What's the Matthew McConaughey line, which is horrible, by the way? The, yeah, the uh, that's what I like about high school girls, man. Mm-hmm. I get older. They stay the same age. Right. Lord! And he's going to be governor of Texas. Well, now, wait a minute. Did a that's character not, say that, yeah, or did he say that? that's a role that he played He in, said it. The words came movie. out of his mouth. Oh, my There's God. film of it. I can show you the video. <laughs> You'd make a good Taliban. <laughs> Book of Flight. <laughs> <You> maniac. <laughs> 
No, that was his character, uh, Wooderson, from uh, Dazed and Confused. I think actually his first All movie. All I see is the future governor of Texas saying those words. <laughs> is that or is that not you, Mr. McConaughey? Well, wow. yes, it's me. The answer is yes, everybody. Wow. He did hey, say that. Speaking of schools, California, the state of California is trying to destroy any school choice. They want a complete monopoly on education. What's being done is just completely insidious. It's unbelievable. The left doesn't care about kids at all. Ugh. We'll talk about that. Oh, Ted Cruz has said, no more corporate money, you woke bastages. What? Strong stuff. We'll bring you that and much more. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't say the word. The last one still. Something to think about when we do see Joe Biden come down this aisle. Again, 36-year veteran of the Senate. But so far, because of the pandemic, he has been robbed of so much of the majesty and pomp of the job. Robbed of pomp. The Joe Biden story. (laughs) Robbed of the majesty and pomp. Who called for majesty and pomp? Yeah, I know. I get what he's saying, but I think there was way too much majesty and pomp to start with. So, In uh, all things, yeah. reduce majesty <laughs> and pomp by 90%. Yeah. Too much pomp. The trappings of the royal family <laughs> with the ladies and gentlemen, President of the United States. Oh, my God, look what the first lady's wearing. Yeah, that should go away. Stop it. You know, the State of the Union address, which is basically what last night was, was supposed to just be a, a you know some papers you hand to Congress so that they can read... You know, we sold 7 million cows last year and had a pretty good wheat harvest. And, man, mm-hmm. this is some drought, isn't it? I mean, that's what the State of the Union address is supposed to be, not some flowery speech that moves mountains. And we all cheer. Oh, he's so great. He's like the new FDR. I, I hate that sort of thing. Yeah, I know. From the left or the right. We are way too worshipful of government. Anyway, um, on, on a similar topic, robbed of the pump. Here's uh, Here's your conservative view of... Education. Your kids ought to be able to go to good schools. And if your local community school is a bad school, they ought to be able to go somewhere else. And in fact, your tax dollar. So, yeah, I understand the idea of your tax dollars going on to a different place. I mean, you're paying for it in your kid's school. God knows enough money's being thrown at the problem. Um, so it's, that sort of school choice has always been the, the rights position on school and for well i was about to say for some reasons the left fights it but we all know what the reason is the teachers unions they don't want to lose you you get more money for the more students that you have in the classroom and the teachers unions don't want the uh the kids to have the option of going to a better school and all of a sudden you end up with two-thirds or a half as number of kids in your class um that's a that's a that's a a game you can understand (laughs) why they're fighting it we're gonna have a lot more of the speech from the uh, president of the united states the headline in the New York Times really said it all. Joe Biden set out to rewrite the contract between citizens and their government. And some of you think, yay, that's fantastic. More cradle-to-grave safety net. And uh, and some of us think that's the road to ruin and we'll never be the same America again. We'll be more like France or other countries that are just struggling along. Um, 
But we'll get into some of the president's speech and some of the details in particular, if you didn't hear it, that he's laying out. He won't get all of the $2 trillion, but I'll bet he gets a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, disturbing. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> Back to the uh, the school thing I was talking about. So the conservative view is if your local school isn't good, you ought to be able to go somewhere else and that there shouldn't be an ompli- a monopoly on education. And poor kids like rich kids should be able to get a solid education. In Calunicornia, the teachers' unions, which more or less own the state government, are trying as hard as they can to crush the uh, any alternative to the public schools. And they're trying to pass this insidious student law. It's called AB 1316, which undoes, uh, undoes a lot of the rights of California charter schools and alternative education. It's over 31,000 words of new regulations, Woo. and it is going to force the closure of many charter schools. Oh uh, it will uh, cap, it will end any new enrollment. It's it's draconian. It's insane. I was really hoping that teachers' unions and public schools would take a giant uh, step back in terms of power coming out of this whole COVID thing. But, man, looking at some polling I'm looking at, I don't think it's going to happen. And And this is from an education advocate now. Uh, the entirety of this expansive bill is designed to prevent any further growth in charter school enrollment, attack homeschooling, defund online learning programs associated with charter schools, and force the closure of those charter schools that are unable to cope with the avalanche of new regulations. It's just terrible. Terrible. That's why people are leaving California. It's crap like that. God dang it. That's rough. I know. It. And in theory, you people have the kids' best interest in, at oh, heart. Please. Ugh. Do they convince themselves of that? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Nowhere do we need common ground more desperately than in our discussions of race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason, to be followed around the store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. Hmm. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege. Because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. That's Tim Scott, governor of South Carolina, African-American man. Uh, uh, senator. And senator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we hadn't talked about that. That was a low moment for Glenn Kessler in the fact check. Oh, my God. I can't believe he even went there. I'm very unhappy that he did that. I usually like his, you know, however many Pinocchios. But he went after Tim Scott's story of, you know, coming from nowhere and everything like that. For going from picking cotton to being in the Senate and... Two generations. Fact three check. Generations. You know, oh, yeah. wow. Um, and the facts don't hold up that well on Glenn Kessler's side. Oh, and, you know, the Uncle Tim was trending on face or on Twitter last night. Now, things can Twitter because or things can trend because people are saying, oh, my God, this is so terrible. Did you see this? 
Right. And it's mostly yeah. people saying that. It can be 50 so. 50 celebrating and condemning. You just don't know. Or 75 condemning and 25. It can, you have, sure. Yeah, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I, you know, I don't doubt his actual, what he's saying there, that he gets called uh, Uncle Tom in the N word on a regular basis. The story about his grandfather pretending to read the newspaper to set an example is interesting. No, it was actually privileged because his great, great, great grandfather owned a little bit of land and tried to survive by growing cotton. Yeah. Anyway, can you believe that the 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 woke Washington Post went with that? I mean, politicians always uh, go with their whole rags to riches story. All of them, and most of them come from some sort of privileged background. <laughs> I mean, Bush had his rags to riches story. Mitt Romney had his rags to riches story. So did John Kerry, all of them. And they're all, uh, come on now. Um, but Tim Scott, doesn't you're going to attack him in the yeah. fact check section? Oh, my God. In the modern day, 90% of accusations of racism are just a weapon. It has nothing to do with racial concern or anything like that. And the very people who throw it around the most are the, the nastiest racists these days. I want to do a little more Tim Scott tape, but first, uh, what he was responding to, Joseph R. Biden, D. Delaware, who is the president now, they tell me, uh, gave essentially the State of the Union address last night. It was the usual flowery long, flowery long list of programs and ideas, uh, although what makes it notable is he, and, and uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, everybody's saying this, he's proposing radically restructuring the relationship between the people and the government. He's uh, going to finally realize FDR's dreams of a, uh, you know, a quasi-socialist America. Let's just play a couple of his uh, clips. Uh, how about 33? I stand here tonight, one day shy of the 100th day of my administration, 100 days since I took the oath of office and lifted my hand off our family Bible and inherited a nation we all did that was in crisis, the worst pandemic in a century, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Now, after just 100 days, I can report to the nation, America is on the move again. And the inexplicably socially distanced, fully vaccinated members of the House applaud wildly. Uh, How about one more? Uh, Just give us 34, Sean. We're in competition with China and other countries to win the 21st century. We're at a great inflection point in history. We have to do more than just build back better. The build back, we have to build back better. Pardon me? What? <laughs> um, Thank you. New York Times headline, it's evolving throughout the morning. I don't, I don't like the modern newspaper where uh, it's online and the headlines change throughout the morning. Print it and stick to it. At 100 days, Biden is transforming what it means to be a Democrat is a headline. A lifelong centrist, President Biden has moved leftward with his party and is driving the biggest expansion of American government in decades. And I would say... Maybe three quarters of a century since we've expanded the government like that. He's rewriting the contract compact, it says here, between citizens and their government. And I hate it and think it's a terrible idea, but a lot of you for some reason like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to play any more clips just because he's such a droner. Um, 
Yeah, I want to hear more of Dana Carvey doing his Joe Biden imitation. It's <laughs> hilarious. Look, look. But he's he's talking about the usual uh, the rich need to pay their fair share. Yeah. When you know the top ten percent of the taxpayers pay ninety percent of the taxes or whatever it is. Let me read another couple of lines from the New York Times after we tell you about uh, Simply Safe. That's right. Cool. Always like to talk about Simply Safe because it's such a great idea. I like being protected personally. If I hear a noise in the middle of the night. I don't think, do I need to get up and check that? No, Simply Safe's got my back. Or while I'm gone, is there somebody going to go into my house and steal my cool stuff? Uh, no, Simply Safe has got me handled for that. In fact, many uh, publications, including U.S. News, have called Simply Safe the best home security of 2021. It's so affordable. It'll be at your house in about a week. You set it up yourself in 30 minutes, and now you've got all that protection. And you have caring people monitoring your home 24-7. It's all the great stuff from a traditional security system, but none of the bad stuff. No long subscriptions, no messy install. It's just great. Learn more. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. You'll get a free security camera. You can customize your system to your home. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Go to SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Get that free security camera. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. So from the New York Times and right wingers saying this is the biggest change in government in decades. So you might think, well, that's just, you know, nope. left the left leaners agree from the New York Times. A hundred days into his presidency, Mr. Biden is driving the biggest expansion of American government in decades. An effort to use six trillion dollars in federal spending to address social and economic challenges on a scale not seen in a half century. Aides say he has come into his own as a party leader in ways that his uh, even his his uneven political career didn't always foretell, and that he is undeterred by matters that used to bother him, like having no Republican support Democratic priorities. I actually think that's a smart move on his part. Why would I care if I if I transform America, and there'll be no untransforming it? See, remove and replace Obamacare. If right. I transform America, I don't care if a Republican voted for it or not. That's not going to matter 50 years from now. It's not going to matter two years from now. Um, for an establishment politician who cast his election campaign as a restoration of political norms, his record so far amounts to a kind of revolution that he said last year he would not pursue. Pursuing a revolution, not interested anymore if there's any bipartisan uh, support whatsoever, which, like I said, I, seems like a good idea to me. If I can get the stuff I want through the Republican Party without Democrat votes, I don't care. We're going yeah, to secure the border and lower taxes and blah, all the things that I like. I don't care if you get bipartisan support. Well, and it's the modern style of politics. We just uh, federal politics. We will veer wildly from one extreme to the other as administrations come and go. Although, what the Democrats have going for them is unlike most of the things Republicans want to do. I mean, they want to reduce regulations. They want to enforce the border. They want reasonable uh, immigration laws, uh, charter schools, whatever. All that stuff is undoable pretty damned quickly. When a Democrat wins back the White House, and particularly if they have one or both houses. But the Democrats pass these massive benefits programs, and those are not easily undone. In no. fact, they're damn near impossible to undo. They're usually expanded. That's the history of America. Right, exactly. And the Republicans, they read the tea leaves and the polls and say, all right, well, this was an idiotic program. It's impossible to pay for. Within 20 years, it will bankrupt the nation. But the polls say people like it. So, all right, let's do something else. Let's forget about it. It's just the reality of voting yourselves money from the Treasury. And early polls have anywhere between 70 to 85 percent of Americans liking Joe Biden's speech last night, his revolutionary change America speech. I heard a number of pundits pointing out, Shows just how simple-minded we are. 
Trump could propose things that were really pretty moderate. Let's, let's secure our border. But he did it in such a bombastic way that it got painted as an extreme position. Right. People seemed like he was being extreme. Biden's exactly the opposite. He does it in such a slow old man way. You don't catch on that he's talking about spending $6 trillion and changing the way we've done business for 200 years. But he says it in such an old man slow way. Everybody thinks, no, he's a moderate. You can, you can tell by his quiet voice and his slow speech. We're just going to ask corporations to contribute 40% of their revenue to the people. I love the moderate. It's nice to have a moderate in there. Finally. finally. Uh, we ought to get to this story at some point. Man builds poop wall after dispute with neighbor. Mm. I wonder if it was Rand Paul. Well, with the uh, price of building materials these days, you can't blame him for no. you know searching an alternate. And I want to play some more Tim Scott tape for oh, you, because sure. I thought he kicked ass. I'm not sure how much it matters, given the reality. It matters within disc- the Republican Party. Somebody's oh, going to be absolutely. The, somebody's going to be the nominee, and I think he took a giant step toward being the lead of the pack last night. So we'll play you some of his hits coming up. Benefit. They normally spread it on the field, but uh, decided to make a fence out of it. When you got renters, you know, they have to live with this every day. I come here to mow the lawn. And they are consistently ruining my morning as I walk out. Can't leave the window open because the whole upstairs will smell like it. This is in Michigan. A 250-long wall of poop divides two, divides two properties. Uh, mm. Got a dispute with a neighbor. Heard of a wall of China, wall of voodoo. How much time did they devote to this? It's just an S pile over there, said one of the tenants. Yeah, <laughs> sounds well fairly, said. fairly accurate. <clears throat> so there you go. I hope they work out their troubles and nobody tackles anybody and breaks their ribs or anything. So now, is this just the uh, the use of a questionable building material, or was it somehow vengeance or a gesture or something? A dispute, and we're angry, you know. You know people lash out in immature ways. It's, oh, it's sad. Sarah. I hate to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, gave the response to what was, in essence, a State of the Union address from the old president. Uh, and he was eloquent. He was persuasive. He was terrific. I have no idea how many people saw his speech or what effect it will have. Generally... It's an audition. You're thought of as a presidential prospect, and all you can do is screw it up. If you do well, it doesn't vault you to anything. It just keeps you in the game. I don't. Has anybody been vaulted to anything from this? I don't remember. I remember, I, I can name uh, uh, three or four people that have more or less been destroyed by it. Yeah. Or nothing. That's what I'm saying. Or, or nothing happened. But right. I don't can't come up with one. It vaulted you to something. Yeah. Precisely my point. It's a no win proposition. But he didn't lose. Uh, and he's an impressive fella. Let's uh, let's hear clip number 50. President Biden promised you a specific kind of leadership. He promised to unite a nation, to lower the temperature, to govern for all Americans, no matter how we voted. This was the pitch. You just heard it again. But our nation is starving for more than empty platitudes. We need policies and progress that brings us closer together. But three months in... The actions of the president and his party are pulling us further and further apart. 
I won't waste your time with finger pointing or partisan bickering. You can get that on TV anytime you want. I want to have an honest conversation about common sense and common ground, about this feeling that our nation is sliding off its shared foundation and how we move forward together. You know, he's got a lot of what Barack Obama had going for him, uh, but he's a businessman, not an academic, which I just uh, I love. And I like academics and all, but I don't think they should be in charge of much. Uh, Let's let's hear uh, 53. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. Yeah. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. Oh, oh, that reminds me. Idaho just uh, passed a bill that would ban critical race theory lessons in all public schools. First state to do so. Way to go, Idaho. The only thing I got out of the night was some hope that if Tim Scott became president, you know, you have a police shooting and he could say, look, we're not a racist country. Let's look at this particular episode and figure out what happened. But we're not a racist country as opposed to shootings in recent weeks, in some cases, Responding to the ones where it was a clear-cut right thing to do for the police. Mm-hmm. And Biden and Harris, you know, starting in with their systemic racist talk. And they're, and they're pushing the 1619 Project on schools and government workers and just, God. I, I You know, you said earlier you'd, you'd campaign for Tim Scott and wear the Uncle Sam outfit and, and donate money. I might actually do that, too. And I've always said I'd never get a, give a politician a dollar. I think it could be so good for the country if he ended up being president. How about one more shot of Tim Scott? Clip number 59, please. Our best future will not come from Washington schemes or socialist dreams. It will come from you, the American people. Black, Hispanic, white, and Asian, Republican and Democrat, brave police officers in black neighborhoods. We are not adversaries. We are family. We are all in this together, and we get to live in the greatest country on earth. There's your happy warrior thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good tone. I like it. You know, we got a couple of emails lately, people saying, uh, among other things, look, all the great manufacturing jobs are gone. Service economy jobs don't pay well. Uh, people just, they can't raise a family on one income and uh, mom has to work, and people have pointed out uh, CEO pay is so out of control. That's why there's no money for the workers and blah, blah, blah. We need these government programs. And that's a pretty good case to sell. Uh, the CEO pay thing is just utterly mystifying to me, by the way. I don't get it either. I would love to have an expert on and explain that. Why do CEOs make whatever they make now a thousand times the average worker? And when I was a kid, it was like 30 times the average worker. Yeah. Why, yeah. why, why did that happen? 
You know, the best explanation I've heard is that all the board members and all the CEOs, they're part of a, a club. They all uh, scratch each other's backs. You'd think at some point shareholders would revolt, but they don't. But, you know, the truth is we have gone from a period of history post-WW2 where we were the manufacturer to the world, and we exported like crazy to decimated Europe and rising Asia and the rest of it, and we got certain expectations. Now in the global economy, when we're competing against everybody, and, and, and manufacturing here is just too expensive for well, part of it is, some companies. Part of it is, and we talked about this, is your expectations. People talk about, you know, what you're just describing there. In the 50s, you could come out and get a job at General Motors or IBM or whatever. The average house in the 50s was like 900 square feet. Mom and dad shared a car. Mm-hmm. Nobody flew. No, When I was a kid, nobody flew. That was for rich people. You drove everywhere. Nobody had air conditioning. And you didn't go to on fancy vacations at all. Nobody I don't ever gone to Europe or anything like that. You went to Wisconsin Dells, whatever the local, you know, that sort of thing was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, dad fixed everything himself. You didn't buy a new one. You learned how to fix I mean, just so our expectations in lifestyle were much more modest. So that's part of it. If, you, if your expectation is you're going to have a giant house, you're both going to have newer cars, you're going to go, you're going to fly everywhere you're going, you're going to go, you're going to go on nice vacations, you're going to have a boat, you're going to have whatever, then yeah, it's, it's going to be harder to produce that. Smartphones, cable TV, the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do live an incredibly expensive lifestyle these days. I'd say. In America. The lifestyle of me and all my kids and, and uh, all my friends when I was a kid, and none of us thought we were poor. We weren't. We were just middle class. Way less than what uh, most kids have today. You know, somebody needs to shave off part of a state and declare it Simpletonia, and everybody just live real simply. Ah, I, that's probably like the Amish or uh, various sects in Utah live like that. Very yeah, plain. Probably. Yeah, Text modestly. line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.